There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> Well, I'd like to know if I was married to a whore piece of shit. (laughs) You could just look at her license. My special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. (laughs) It's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. This is why I drink. We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are, and you know we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice, and they go from there, and then call us back later. But the key is, is that they don't know all their rights, or they're not told all their rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding, uh, so they can help themselves and their families as best they can. And the number is is eight hundred seven seven zero seven zero zero eight. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean, Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Welcome back to another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast, brought to you as always by Bradshaw and Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we had comedian Joe Zimmerman in studio. Not from Zimmerman, but his name is Zimmerman. Next on the Best of. Excellent. I'd like to point out that uh, Mr. Zimmerman's ruined my life by bringing up somebody named Samantha Sings. Oh, no, that's a different oh, person. Miranda Sings. Miranda, Miranda Sings. Sings. She's, she's, I was trying to give an example of somebody, a comedian, somebody that's big with comedian with the youth, and she's doing, um, she's doing large theater venues now. And I've heard that um, it's like a rock show where uh, 12-year-olds will come out also wearing the, the outfit, the oh, lipstick, God, and they'll scream, <laughs> and they'll scream like it's a, you know, it's like a, like a boy band, but it's Miranda Sings. 
yeah, at we, like 3,000-seat auditoriums. Yeah, and I'm friends with her her agent, and her agent said when she did Comedians in Cars getting coffee, Seinfeld texted her the next day that that was the most views in 24 hours yep. he'd ever got. Oh, yeah, I don't doubt oh that on at Comedians in Cars really? getting coffee, because that's how good she is in the YouTube space. Wow. <laughs> But isn't that destroying the youth of America? But I, I suppose all all uh, generations think you're destroying the youth of America. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. When I was a kid, what people were kids were sneaking off and watching Simpsons, Beavis and Butthead, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. And people were like, oh yeah, people, the adults at the time when Beavis and Butthead came out. Yeah, because I mean, Miranda sings is basically like the female Beavis and Butthead in a way. Oh, she, <laughs> is. she pretends to be really stupid, and people find that entertaining. Yeah, and people at the time didn't get it, and eventually they got it kids are ki- kids are really good at watching content that they're not allowed to watch yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you brought this up earlier uh, going and listen sneaking off and listen to albums i made a huge mistake what year did uh that big n is crazy richard pryor's album i can't it pisses me off jb i can't say the name of my favorite comedian's <laughs> albums there's a reason for that there's that that big n is crazy bicentennial big n and there's super big n but I can't say the name of any of them. He changed comedy forever. Uh, 1974. Okay, so I was 22 years old, 21 uh, years old. His 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 albums are, are, are and, and Steve Martin's, in my opinion, are the mm-hmm. two that stand that that stand the test of time the best. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. you're probably right. But don't do this if you're like still, you know, living with your mother at 20, 21 years old or whatever. <laughs> and I brought the album home and started listening to it. Yeah. And she literally goes, what the hell? Because <laughs> he's dropping the F-bomb about every other word, and he's dropping the N-bomb. When he's not saying the F-word, he's saying the N-word. And she's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> it's like, yeah, sorry, I know exactly how she feels, because I, my kids will be watching YouTube, and they're watching a video of somebody oh, playing a video game. All of a sudden, it's F this, screw that, you know, and I'm oh, like, wow. hey. <laughs> watching Twitch. It's like, sorry, I didn't know. You know. It's on YouTube. Another thing that kids do these oh, days they is watch TikTok. People, they watch people play video games. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. heard about TikTok. I don't want to I don't want to know anything else about it. <laughs> it's basically short little video clips to make that go viral, and, you know, people are following. It's just Vine, but again. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like a Vine. Yeah. What's Vine. It's, it's like a 30-second video. It's the old TikTok. It went out of business. Don't worry about it. It went out of business. They, they deleted Vine. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. It was huge, and then it all of a sudden it just died, it. and now the same thing is back, and it's huge again. Here, I'll show you what TikTok. I have it on I my phone. I'm Vine was six-second videos that would just repeat. <laughs> Six-second yeah. max. <laughs> it was like Twitter for video, I guess. The idea was basically to fit content into six seconds it's weird that they deleted the whole thing though that's very weird millions of subscribers Mm. that's just a dog it's a dog barking they just have like little videos of people doing weird tiktok it's like people like lip syncing i think tiktok is big internationally more than it's big here yet Uh, this is a video people watch some old guy doing what he's trying to do the floss but he can't do it. But you can add your own music. <laughs> flossing or whatever. You can add music, I, you yeah. can add oh, you filters can. and do like video editing. I think if you go to India or China they're like yeah. all about TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In yeah. India and China. Yeah. I can't remember but I think it was Frank Caliendo that was watching Vine once. And I'm like, "What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you?" He, he, he speaks to you in a Madden voice about the six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Well, that was, I can't do it, sorry. Uh, but in any uh, case, yeah. Yeah, I, I kinda, I'm kind of glad my kids are 32 and 30 now, so I don't have to live through this. JB yeah. is unplugged. Yep. 
Thirty-two thirty, though. <laughs> would you fall? Did happening? you fall asleep again? No. I yes, backed, you did. I did not. I fall asleep up. every Friday. I backed up and said, "I almost did it again." You almost did it again. See, that's why we got rid of those. Let's things. Put a little that's why we got slack in there. Yeah, for real. Put a little slack go. in that cord, man. That'll work. Thirty-two and thirty, go. though. That's technically right in the millennial zone. So that means what? It is. Yeah. Want want uh, less hours, more benefits. Did you hear? We reported on this in the first hour. Sounds like someone we know. There are a bunch of people that are complaining and protesting that they need a living wage. And it's all of them. They're all very, very upset who work for this person. And they want a living wage, and they're mad that they're not getting a living wage. Do you know who the employer is? Oh, 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 Amazon? Uh, no, that was my uh, first guess. That was his no. guess. Amazon. More ironic. This is very <laughs> ironic when you... How, this is how the human brain actually works. Oh, is it you, the government? When you, no, <laughs> yes, it's Bernie Sanders. Oh, Bernie Sanders? All he's been talking about is a living wage yeah. for five years, but he doesn't pay one. Well, he wants us to pay a living wage, who, not him to pay. Who are his? Wage. Who are who are the employees? Does he uh, have employees? On the, on the, yeah, on the campaign. Oh, on the campaign. Yeah, they stuff. got tons of employees on those campaign. Oh deals. yeah, yeah. But if you're gonna go out there and say uh, you need to pay a living wage, wouldn't you be an example of how to do that? Yeah, would I would think that'd be the way it would work for me. But but aren't, but aren't they com- complaining, burying his campaign? Uh, yeah, he's done pretty much now. Yeah, after I mean, that came out, he's history. And all these people. Is there one person out of, what is it now, 45 people running for president, including our current president, that you'd vote for? I'm not going to start paying attention until... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait another six months to start paying attention. <laughs> I feel like right now they, they're just throwing spaghetti at the wall waiting to see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and they've come up with all these new rules and whatnot. You have to have so much money donated by a certain time and oh, you have a certain percentage of um, followers or whatever. If not, then you're out. Oh, I have a, I have a theory. I have a theory oh, about I all like these your, candidates your, your good that I haven't heard anybody else say. So, you know, it's either really dumb or really smart. <laughs> um, Works for me. My theory is that the, the, uh, the Democrats were like, we don't want trump to get a head start on nicknaming somebody and and running them into the ground so we're going to throw a ton of candidates so he's not sure who to brand as you know the dumb guy or the pocahontas yeah there you go so that way he's like that way he can't like he can't he can't zing everybody so he has to wait to see yeah that's true he has to wait to see who rises to the top doesn't he have anybody in his family go up and say dad i love you but don't call people Pocahontas. How about that? Don't do that. I think they're too busy being millionaires. To well, they're billionaires. I, I was going to say that they need him too be- too much to yeah. bad mouth. Him. I yeah, imagine. I, I imagine cool. his response to that is, uh, you know, it's like, oh, don't you shouldn't say, Dad, you shouldn't say Pocahontas, and he's like. Oh, but they love it when I do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Oh, yeah. He's convinced. The people love it. <laughs> that he's very clever. Headlines. <laughs> Ratings. <laughs> That's the whole deal. My new favorite candidate, though, and I don't, look, I, I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't like any of these people, Republican, Democrat, or whatever. I'm not fans of any of them because I feel if you want to be president, you're not my kind of guy. Right? Sure. If you want to be president, you're, you're not a woman or man I'd be interested in knowing. I've never cared. I went all the way back to George Washington and still didn't find a president I ever liked. 
We just uh, not how, my guy. How did you figure out their personalities? <laughs> <laughs> well, just the things that they would say, oh, and yeah. then like, you know. Well, I think the big, the crushing thing for me is my mother was a, a big time Democrat, and she really went nuts because I grew up Roman Catholic. So she went way off the deep end when John F. Kennedy was elected. Oh yeah, yeah. As a Catholic, and then finally, toward the end of her life, I'd say, "Mama, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, you know." The Kennedy brothers killed like three people. Uh, you know, one of them drowned for a half an hour while he ran away, and another one, uh, Marilyn Monroe, didn't make out too well by Boffin. Oh, two yeah. of them, and I mean, you go down the whole list. Like, doesn't that bother you? Oh, I'll tell you what. I like. I learned his whole life. Abraham Lincoln was depressed yeah. and went off into yeah. the woods crying, <laughs> and was just reading sad poetry, and that made me like. Abe Lincoln. He was just so sad his whole life. <laughs> so depressed his whole life. And apparently he said to himself, well, I can either, you know, he basically was suicidal. He was basically, I can kill myself or I can just try to make the world a better place. And uh, so I like, I like him because he was so sad. So you like him because he chose to make the world a better place and he was killed for it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that was the fun thing. Jesus. I read about I read about depression that um people who who are depressed actually have a more accurate view of the future. Oh, I think so. Yeah. So Sounds maybe Lincoln right. saw what was coming. <laughs> I think you might be right about that. Yeah. I just uh, my favorite new one though is and I don't know much about the guy except this Tom Steyer. I don't you know who he is. I don't He's a billionaire. Know he just started running for president because apparently when Swalwell dropped out, he saw an opening. So then he said he was going to run. Tom Steyer. Billionaire. Tom Steyer. He's a billionaire. And he's running pretty much on the, you know, the, the, the we need a greener world. We live in a, we need a much healthier world, a greener world. Do you know how he made billions of dollars? Mm. <laughs> Oil. Oil. Selling coal. Oh, no. <laughs> you can look it up. He well, made they didn't burn the coal. Me. He just... They yeah, just, that's right. He didn't they burn sold it, it and then they put it in boxes and kept it in. Well, their I didn't attics. know you were going to burn it when I sold it. Yes. <laughs> maybe he's trying to. So, so now he's maybe he's trying to make up for it's guilt. Make yeah. up for his guilt. That's what it always is. He's doing it? the Lance Armstrong. Um, have a, have yeah. a good a good charity after <laughs> cheating for seven years. I still love that so much that he cheated. And the one guy, and I can't remember who it was, called him a one nut bastard. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I think it's. It kind of describes him, though, doesn't it? Yeah. He's only got one testicle. You think that helped him in bike riding long ways? Because, you know, if you shift one way, then it's just going to hang over. <laughs> but and if you got two, one of them's going to get squashed. But you'd think that, yeah, you would think that the the one ball would hurt. hurt. You would think. But there was something about after you get cancer and get those treatments, something about how your it actually expands your lung capacity, something bizarre. Does, like, really? Something bizarre like that, that it actually oh, did that. give him an advantage. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that at all. Not plus the Every plus time you were Steroids. Yeah, the steroid. The steroids probably didn't hurt him too much. But apparently, much. something about the treatment, whether it was chemo, I don't know. I mean, we need to ask Google. But uh, you some, mean Andy? Something about the treatment. Something about the treatment makes your lung capacity a little bigger. Really? After I think maybe after chemo. Yeah. I will tell you this though. He did a good job because I used to lift with a lot of professional wrestlers. Oh, nice! And when they started doing steroids, you really could tell they were doing steroids. Like God, they literally looked Mm -hmm. like uh, you know, like Lou Ferrigno. Ferrigno got that big because he did steroids. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, but these guys got to the point, and this is the part I didn't care for. We would lift weights, and then they'd go in the locker room. 
and you know they they'd wait till I got home to 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 shower, but they would change shirts. Their entire backs were covered with pimples. Oh no! Yeah. And why would that happen, Andy? Why hormonal they imbalances. Yeah. Hormonal imbalances. I'm talking about. <clears throat> oh yeah, they That's look a very like common side knee. effect. Yep. It's called. I mean, pimples. It can't. It can't be worth. It can never have been worth it for the steroids. You know? I wouldn't think so. No. To deal with all that. No, I think you're absolutely right. Well, and plus the fact you'd get to a point where we'd meet at a place called the. It was called the gym, right? That's where all the wrestlers and all the big powerlifters. They all went there. But you would walk in. I walked in one day, and this guy comes in and goes, Tom, Tom, I'm so excited to tell you. Joe was one of the road warriors, the Legion of Doom, big, uh, you know, wrestlers. I mean, Joe's massive, and so was Mike, his, his partner. But this guy comes up to me and goes, Tom, I'm really excited, man. I'm, s- I'm so excited. I say, why? I want something. He goes, I benched 300 pounds today. I said, oh, man, that's great. That's wonderful. You know, that'll be terrific. <laughs> and so I'm standing there. He goes, I can't wait to tell Joe. And I'm like, you know, I don't know about telling Joe. Uh, you can if you want, but I don't, I don't know if I would. He goes, why? And I said, well, I, I don't want to say, but I, so we're standing there. And Joe walks in. And he walked like this. He, went, like he had to walk side to side because yeah. he was so big. And he had a voice like this, too. He had the wrestler voice and all the deal. And the guy goes, Joe, Joe, I'm so excited to tell you this. He goes, what? I goes, I benched 300 pounds today. And he said, what a fucking waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy was just crushed. Yeah. Like, what did you think he was going to say? Bragging hey, to the biggest you. guy. Yeah, exactly. Bragging to the biggest guy is not a good idea. No. But there, it's uh, interesting. I love hearing Andre the Giant stories. Did you ever oh, cross God, paths yes. with oh, him? Yeah. You did? He was... I mean, that door probably wouldn't work for him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, Jesus, he was I, big. Nor with. Nicest guy in the yeah. world. But I met him just after he, he uh, the Ganya family is a big wrestling family here. Mm-hmm. Vern Ganya started the AWA, the American Wrestling Association or whatever. But he would hang out with those guys and they'd come back and tell me, they'd say, Tommy, uh, we were on the road with Andre the Giant and, and we were all getting like really hammered. And we realized that Andre the Giant had had 156 beers. Yes. Oh, so you know this story. I've heard about his beer drinking. 156 prowess. beers. And then he went to the bar and got four bottles of wine to take up to the room. <laughs> yeah. What? It's amazing. There, Arnold Schwarzenegger has a story about him in a book somewhere about how uh, Andre the Giant always would pick up the tab for everyone. And, oh, really? And Arnold really wanted to buy, so he snuck off into the kitchen. They were good friends. He snuck off into mm-hmm. the kitchen. To, it was like, I'm going to get the check. And uh, he felt himself lifted up off of his feet <laughs> in not the a, kitchen. Not a small man. And then turned around. <laughs> and Andre the Giant was like, I always get the check. <laughs> why it was so important to him. Because he was he a poor kid growing up, maybe. Probably. Probably what it was. He was poor as a kid. So, Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. This song will make less sense unless you're listening to it today because it's it's pouring rain outside. Coming up next, Adrian Washington graced the studio with his presence yet again. And he's back. And next 
on the best of. Should have told her you were sorry. Could have said you were wrong. I got some good songs today. Yeah, Cassie's all over it, no doubt about it. Adrian Washington in studio with us uh, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock doors, 8 o'clock show, Time. Four House Comedy with Adrian Sorry, I got to pick. Doors, 8 o'clock show, 8.30. Oh, doors, 8 o'clock, yeah. 8.30. Oh, Cassie. They good. had it on their website. She thought the show was in uh, the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> the mountain times. Well, just go there at 7, have a couple of drinks, <laughs> and relax. So doors eight, show eight thirty. There you go. Okay, yeah. good. We got it. We got it dialed right in now, so that's good. We were just talking, and Adrian mentioned cannabis. I will tell you something, Adrian. I, I, I've been on medical. <laughs> I've been on medical <laughs> cannabis now for about a year. Yeah, I have never slept so well in my life. Right, it's unbelievable. You, you know what's crazy? My wife's from out west. My wife's from Olympia, Washington. So, oh okay. Her yeah. whole family. Like, I really, I was more of a drinker. Than, uh, of Olympia beer? No. <laughs> I'd love oh, to drink of any beer. <laughs> <laughs> any beer. Yeah. But uh, I just, and I guess I always had a job too where it's like, I was like, I I drove for a long time, so was like, I got drug tested and stuff, so I just got away from marijuana when I was like 21. Yeah. yeah. And meeting my wife and like just going out there and just like hanging with her and her family and just knowing how much medically it means to them and everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And just, mm-hmm. and actually just smoking good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, she didn't know what bad weed was because she never had it. Right. So I was like, hey, you move to Minnesota now. There is bad weed. There are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's legal in Vegas. And there's, there's a joke about that, too. Me and my son was outside smoking a joint, and uh, I seen two cops walking up. And I'm, I was like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. I'm like, I know they say it's legal. I'm like, but is it legal for black people, too? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Legal <laughs> <laughs> between these hours. Legal for outdoor folks. <laughs> and uh, I had it in my hand, of course. And my son told me he didn't get nervous because like, I wasn't holding it, so it didn't bother me. Can't play. It sold you out, quick. right? Yeah. Here, Sonny. <laughs> and uh, they came walking through, and they just spoke, and I was just like, "Oh, I'm like this is the forty acres in a mule." <laughs> it is the forty acres in a mule. Yeah, absolutely. I but it was it was fun, man. So I've I've. Uh, like I said, just drinking, I'm like, you can't, for one, with the heat and the alcohol, like, you can't no. do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you do do it, you'll be asleep by 6 p.m. You know yeah, I mean? yep. And uh, so I was just like, he's like, I want to go to the dispensary. And we found this really nice one and uh, got us a couple candies. And then, like, if you spent $30, <laughs> they uh, gave you a couple pre-rolled joints for, for a penny. Right. Really? Yeah. Right. So oh. it was, can, I, can I tell a story about when we went? Yeah, that was pretty cool. It went to the one by, right by UNLV, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's a whole bunch of us, and we're out there doing the morning show and screwing around, and everybody's like, let's take a field trip to the Bob Farm. It'll be really cool. So we're standing in line, and the security's really tight. Oh, yeah. And oh, I didn't yeah, understand absolutely. why, but and then Tom explained it to me because it's a straight cash business. Right. 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 Laying yeah, I mean, right. it's, it's, it's tough to get in. We're standing there, and there's about, what, five of us, and we're talking, and this guy in front of us turns around and looks at Tom and goes, you're Tom Bernard, aren't you? He goes, you know, I live in. I used to live in Wisconsin 30 years ago. <laughs> it's just like, God, Unbelievable! Great. You should have worn a disguise. Yeah, and that's nothing. Like so, we get our stuff, and like you say, it's tough. This guy had our ID because it was our first time there. So if it's your first yeah. time there, that's how you got the penny joints if you spent mm. more than uh, oh, right. 30 bucks. Yep. Like a loyalty program. Yeah. It's like a drug dealer, actually. Give them the hook. And man. they put it they seal it all in this big uh white vacuum sealed bag. Right. So me and my son, we go back walking outside 
And I was just like, my north side kicked in. I was like, I don't think we should be just walking with these bags. Right. Yeah, well. Yeah. And my son idea. stuffed his down his pants. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, they'll never look there. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> the dog I was like, will not I was like, I think we should just it. call us another lift and just get the hell out of here. Yeah. And so we did. And then even when our lift driver pulled up, he's, or no, we were walking back to the spot where the lift was going to pick us up. And somebody walked past. They said, the bag gives you away. <laughs> I was like, damn, we got to get in the car. Uh, yeah, I got flip-flops on. Flip-flops is not fighting shoes. No, <laughs> no, they're not running, they're not right, running not shoes not either. So you were paranoid even away. before you lit it up. Yeah. They, it wasn't well, even they, paranoid. It was <laughs> like, it wasn't paranoid. Again, this is over by the stratosphere. <laughs> oh, okay. This is uh, not the place where you want to be the tourist. Well, I get it. And I don't think they want you hanging around outside those dispensaries anyway. No. They want you gone. Not. They don't yeah, want people like in the parking lot partying. They don't want that. They want you out. God, we went down. We were down in Florida uh, Christmas time, mm-hmm. and I went to the dispensary down there because I had to qualify in Florida as well as here. Gotcha. Because you know, we that's where we vacation, and I grab the. I do ten milligrams of of cannabis to sleep. So is it like an oil? No, it's a capsule. Oh, okay. Oh. I can't do the the oil gives me heartburn. Like there's no tomorrow. I can't do gotcha. the oil. But. So I grab one of the new one of the new candle, you know, bottles and I take one out and I pop it in, and about an hour later, he Captain, was high. Was watching, was watching, he was so high. He was watching Ricky Gervais, right? Yeah, this what's that new show. show? I don't even know. Oh, where his uh, his wife dies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, yeah, dark, yeah. but it gets really funny. The, yeah. We didn't make well. We couldn't make, make it past the, the first, first one because he. I kept on looking over at him, and I'm like, I'm like "What's wrong? Nothing. Something's wrong. I'm fine. What's wrong? <laughs> Finally, I'm like, whatever. I'm going to bed. <laughs> and here's what was wrong. Something's up with so this guy. We're watching Ricky Gervais, <laughs> and I'm going like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I got this stare going because Ricky Gervais had turned into a dragon. Yeah. Oh, on the television. Oh. And I'm like, ooh, wait a minute, something's wrong here. Time for the mayonnaise and peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> and I told Catherine, I said, I got to go to bed. I couldn't move my legs. Really? Uh, instead of 10 milligrams, they had given me 50 milligram capsules. Oh. I was so cool. high, I couldn't move. Oh, my God. See, this is what I don't understand about you. <laughs> You get that high. You you think you're taking the same thing you always do. One. (laughs) You think you're taking the same thing you always do, and you end up being so high you can't even move your legs. Wouldn't you think that you were having a medical emergency and not be like, I'm fine. No, because I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Personally, I'd be like, I gotta go to the hospital right now. That's the man part. That's right. No, but then anytime he has a cough, he's like, I need antibiotics. I need surgery. Oh yeah. I need. He calls all the doctors. He's like, he's like, I'm so sick, man. I'm so sick. That is not. He has like a painful hangnail. I need to get on antibiotics. I gotta get to surgery right now. I don't do that at all. And maybe Absolutely he liked how he do. felt. He just didn't like that his legs wouldn't move. Maybe that's, yeah, that's, maybe that's it. And I literally finally was like 50 milligrams was a lot. Couldn't get to 50 the fridge. milligrams a lot for me. You know, there's yeah. some people on medical cannabis that do 500 milligrams a day. What I understand I about that, though, is up. if you have serious, serious pain... Yes. That you can that you you, you need, need to take it. yeah because yeah, otherwise it doesn't work. It's just like, you know, heroin actually when it's used Why, medically. When you said heroin, did you point at me? When it's, used, when it's used medically <laughs> with people that have severe pain, yeah. they don't get addicted to it. 
apparently. Really? That's, That's what, what, what I've heard. I've heard, yeah, I've heard mm-hmm. that same thing. Because they, they used to use it. They used to use it in Europe all the time. For, That's what it was invented for, wasn't for it? For yeah. very bad pain management. Yeah. And it, I guess it's awesome for that. But yeah. little laudanum. But now. Little we, heroin. Now so the how, junkies ruined it for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <they're> <laughs> junkies. How many 50 milligram pills did they give you? Uh, 25. Did you go back? They're all good. I went back. I went back. I said, man. This is all yours. I, I, but because they gave me five containers, and That's four hilarious. of them were the 10 milligrams, and the, the last one it happened That's to be the one I grabbed. kind of a gigantic mistake. That's yeah, like you might want to check your, your stuff from I that place. I took 20 milligrams, oh, and 20? I felt good for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 milligrams. You felt good? You didn't feel overly high? No. I kept I could, moving. I can do that on weekends. I can do 20 milligrams <laughs> on moving. weekends. you got to keep moving. And it's so gotta, how's your legs go it's out? It's got to be a sativa. <laughs> Um, sativa, yeah, absolutely. The Indica. Yeah, yeah, some, yeah, some of them are for sleeping. Some yeah, of them are Indica's for... is, that's why most times around here, because being that it is illegal, that's why most times around here there was a lot of Indica because you can produce Indica faster. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either until I went out west. I <laughs> <laughs> you found that out yeah. out west brought it back home. Hanging with my father-in-law was like going to weed college. <laughs> I still can't believe it. You heard about that guy that got popped for a felony because he had five ounces of marijuana in his car. Oh, where? In what state? Uh, where was it? I just read the story, as a matter of fact. I can't remember where it was, but five that's ounces just, is a felony? I, come had, on. I had a friend that they they gave him uh, 20 years to got appeal, but in Mississippi. He was in, like, Jackson, Mississippi. Oh, God. The state there was a capital. Guy, there was a guy that killed somebody and got 17 years that saw the judge before him. He saw the judge after he got 20 years for weed. Uh, how much weed? You got three more years than murder? Than murder. Oh, God. What, see, what is? That's the pharmaceutical companies ramming well, at home. See, I agree, with the, I agree with the d- drug dealers getting, you know. like d- Oh, like heroin and yeah, fentanyl. Yeah. That I think stuff, that, yeah, that's, that kills me. That's nasty, yeah. horrible stuff. And but it, Romaine's killed more people. Than <laughs> 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 the possibility. Yeah, but for, just for weed. Yeah, for that weed, doesn't man, make like any sense. Yeah. I, he got it appealed, and I heard he got out. So That's I was, good. Yeah. Or he did but he get still out. did, like, almost 10 years. He really? Did? Yeah. How about that kid that just got out, and he's a kid? Cause, well, I say he's a kid, but he's 45 years old. He just did 28 years, and he was not guilty. Yeah. Oh, my God. How does wow. that happen? That is crazy. And all my friends I ain't even got ass, but I'm ass. He's a black kid, right? I was just going to tell you, all my friends in North Miami said, well, he was black. <laughs> and that's yeah, the crazy, it turns out. That's the crazy thing. Like, I tell people, like, I get it. Yeah, people make mistakes. I'm like, but can you at least trick us and do it to a white person? <laughs> <laughs> there has to be one. Just Throw one him a time. <laughs> trick us. Maybe like, you know what? It happens to everybody. I've got a list that they could throw in jail. Yeah, yeah. That, me too. For whatever God. reason. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw those guys in jail. Adrian, they deserve what you, it. What do you think of this whole political thing that's going on right now? Everybody just separate from everybody else, and everybody hates everybody else. I just, what is that all about? I honestly don't pay attention to any of That's a good move. Yeah. But I do want to do what like AOC that. does just one time. I want to do it to you because this is how she always says it. Only she says women, and I'm just going to go with people. Okay. But she goes like this. We have a special guest in studio today. It's going to be a great time. Adrian Washington, he's a person of color she always slows oh, way down when she, she says women Who of color uh, Ad- uh almost sounds like trump <laughs> alexander she does kind of sound like trump uh um 
Alexander Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Okay. Yeah, yeah the it. woman from New York. <laughs> yeah, okay. And I, that's why I asked that question. When Trump said, why don't you go back to where you came from? I said, well, she's from Westchester. That's a beautiful town. <laughs> go back to Westchester. Sounds good Somebody to me. I posted that on social media, and I said, you know, maybe she could get a ride on one of those vintage 18th century <laughs> British fighter planes he was talking about. <laughs> oh, my God, it's true. Did you yeah, hear about I, that? Yeah. I, I just... I don't pay attention because honestly, in, in my household, man, like we got a blended family, so I'm trying to raise a Republicans young and Democrats, <laughs> kind of, and independents. You know what I mean? I, we got a blended family, man, and so I'm just like you. You can't pay attention to the noise. Like my daughter, mm-hmm. she's 25 percent black, but she blonde hair and blue eyes. She have a hard argument with that. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I can't just. My wife's white. I can't just run through the house like, ah, white people just, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably not. Not if you want to stay married. Right. You know, and, I, and I love her. I want to stay married. She, okay. She gives me treats. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot like candy. Candy and movies at 10 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Candies and frozen. So I, I tell my kids that man. I said you can't just and I, like I don't watch the news. I haven't watched the news in probably fifteen years. Just good for you. It's never good news. Like no, the media stays right. sane. I there's so much stuff I just gotta block out. I gotta yep. just have blinders on about certain things. Even going to do shows at certain places, like you know, there's two ignorant people in here. It's like, but why give them an attention when there's 150 people? Right. Yeah. Everything they yeah, saw. That's very smart. That's very smart. You know, I was down in Texas with uh, Steve-O, and I could tell. When I got on stage, there was some white guys that just made their mind up. They wouldn't laugh just because I was black. You were really? checking their wallets. What's that? You were checking their wallets. I had more money than oh, they okay. did. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, why give those people any time? Yeah, and that's the thing. I'm like, yeah. I don't. I've learned not to give any negativity energy. None. I love that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. even uh, like being out. I tell my wife, I'm like, there's certain places we can and can't go to and I, I got friends i'm like there's certain functions they put on i'm like i've worked too hard to get to where i am to go somewhere where i already know how this movie's gonna end mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like because if i go in there and then something goes wrong i can only be mad at myself because it's like i knew it i yeah. knew it and i still yeah. allowed them yeah like i don't do peer pressure i it i'm pretty comfortable with who i am you know what i'm saying so, yeah absolutely and i know better i've learned that i know better my mom raised me better that person that i'm arguing with might not know better so I got to step away from that. You know what I'm saying? See, I wish everybody was like that. It'd be, I'd just say, you know, look, I'm smarter than this person. I'm, That's it. I'm, I'm better at it. Just walk away. That's you know, it. Instead of getting upset, all the rest are just whatever. And that's the problem with kids. That's why, the, that's why everything's so violent. They don't, they're raised in social media. Yeah, So they don't true. know how yep. to communicate with each other. So that's why when something happens, they go from roar, I'm a tiger, to but I just didn't eat today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yep, that's why yep. my emotions are all over the place. You know, I just went to talk to this group of um, boys for the St. Cloud Police Department. There's a group called Skyla that they do up at Camp Ripley in oh, the St. Okay. Cloud uh, Youth Leaders Association. So I went up there four times and I uh, talked to those guys. And uh, and it's just and it's kids from my community. And I let people know I haven't always had my stuff together. I've been in jail. I had a kid early. I got expelled from school. Like You know what I mean? Like anything that could have happened, it happened. But at some point, you got to figure out, I want better. Yeah, and no yeah. matter who That's wants right. it for you, you got to make your mind up that I want better and I'm going to work my ass off to get better. And you can't and let people it. tell you that you can't do you that. You can't because those people, they're just scared that they can't do it. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Oh, it's 
it's a good day to sing in the song, and it's a good that day. That was Adrian Washington yes, on the best of. Coming up next, closing out the show. We're opening up the old oh, All the way back to episode number 238 with Ernest Cobb. No relation to Ty Cobb, I'm pretty sure. But he's the king of slots. I said slots as in slot machines. Next on the best And you know you've got to ride away. Cause it's a good day for paying your bills and it's a good day. Ernest. Hey. Ernest, how are you? I'm doing well. I was right. I'm, 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 I was in the middle of a book signing up at uh, Soaring Eagle, and, you know, my people told me my phone was going off, and I knew the only time it's going to go off is, is if I had an interview. You so have, you, you guys got me. You do have an interview right now. Ernest Cobb, our special guest, theslotguru.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the slot guru is one word, of course. Casino myths. Now, there are some interesting things on here, Ernest, that we have to get into. And uh, I know you only have about, what, 15 minutes, is that is that about it? Because you had a book signing going on? However long you guys need me. Right now, you, you guys are my priority. So, Ernest, you where, as long as you want. Where are you from originally? I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. Oh, we were just talking to uh, the Detroit Fire Department yesterday about uh, that the, great, that the great movie, movie, Burn. Have uh, you watched it? <clears throat> oh, that's got something to do with Detroit? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Nope, I, I haven't seen it. People love the city of Detroit. We know that. They do. They do. They do I mean, it's do. just, for me growing up in the city of Detroit, being 43 years old, um, you know, I came up in some really trying times. And that's one of the reasons why I went off and I wrote this book to let people know that, you know, everybody that comes from the inner city, you know, they don't always have to follow the same path. Almost like when ants following each other and they getting food or whatever they follow each other's scent or whatever that might be the trail right i went off the beaten path so to speak because all my friends was drug dealers and thieves and stuff like that i went to high school i went to college i went to the military so i led my life a different way and now being 43 years old i can look back most of my friends are dead or in jail that tried to make money the other way no, I gotta, I gotta ask you, Ernest. Is it, is it true that you've won over ten point three million dollars in slot machine jackpots in the past eight years? It is actually it's higher than that now, but yes, sir, it is true. Okay, the reason I want to ask you that because I want to because I grew up in the inner city myself. So let me just say what everybody else will say to you: Can I get a thousand dollars? And would you like to buy a podcast? Of course. <laughs> he goes, of course. Yeah, no problem. Because when it's all said and done, it's an art. You actually have to master loving people more than you love money. And I've mastered that. Because of slots, I don't have no choice. You you have no choice but to master it because you win some and you lose some. But out of that $10 million, I gave away eight over $8 million out of that $10 million. Really? Well, that was yep. nice of you. Yep. That was very, very nice. And you keep on winning. That's the good point there. That's a good part. Exactly. And then I made a product, you know, from since then. You know, this was way before I started giving. Now I have a book. You know, now I have a, cl- a little clothing line and whatnot. And, you know, it's a, it's a, I think it's a beautiful thing. And I, and I give all my praise to the Lord. Well, that's excellent. That How did excellent. you learn? Did you have a teacher or mentor? Um, As far as in slots or just mm-hmm. in life? Yeah, both actually. Yeah. 
Well, nope, I didn't in slots. Um, but in life, I did. But it wasn't just more one mentor. Have you ever heard this phrase, to take a village to raise a child? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm a child from that village, meaning it took multiple people, my baseball coach, uh, the bus driver that was on the way to school when that would take me to school, my college baseball coaches. Those were men, Those were people that I looked up to and that I didn't want to disappoint. And I think that's what made me the person that I am to this day. Now, Ernest, there's a lot of pressure on a little kid playing baseball with the last name of Cobb. Yeah. In Detroit, especially. I didn't didn't know that Ty Cobb, you know, I knew that it was Cobb, but then once I looked and I was like, dang, you know, he's not black, he's white. And I'm like, wow, that could have been my, that's probably my granddad or something like that. People look at me like, whatever. I look, I, I look at it like, no, really, that could have been my grandfather or something. Damn. No, I, me and my family tree, it's been chopped down so long ago. I make everybody my family. Well, so see, I ain't got to be confused about it. And that's why I talk about it in my book a lot. I let people know to love all elderly. I look at the elderly like every elderly out there is my grandparents. Every last one of them. And that's the kind of respect I show them. Sorry about that. Well, let me get this again. Let me get a thousand dollars. No. Anyway, Ernest, moving on. You ask for a thousand, I give you ten. You're the best. You know, that's, that's how God works. No, don't hold me to that now. No way, North First Street. He says, don't hold me to that now. I think it's magnificent. I think it's a, think it's a great way to look at life. There's no doubt about that. Um, now, when we go to Vegas, we do two shows a year in, in Las Vegas. And oh, that's I, awesome. When I go to go to Las Vegas, um, I like to play uh, the machines. I, I don't like live play because you have to sit around with other people, and I'm maybe it's because I'm too shy or something. But I I, I like to play uh, like poker or blackjack on the machines. Is that a mistake? No, I mean I can because if anything slots is what I'm about. You know, poker, blackjack, the same. I mean I, I can feel you on that because I didn't dibble and dabble a little bit. And I know that when you're playing with live people and you're playing with just a machine, it's a lot different. You know, you don't have to, especially if you, to me, I look at it like if you're a good person and you can actually pick up on vibes from other people, it it throws your game off when you're playing with live people as opposed to just playing with the slot machine that has poker or blackjack on it. Now, i got to tell you, Ernest, that I... Uh Many years ago, I, I, I'm not much of a gambler. Actually, I do like when we go to Vegas. I like playing the blackjack machines or the poker machine. But one day, uh, day many years ago, I sat down to play blackjack at a live table, and the dealer right. was, was this very pretty, yeah. very pretty young Asian woman, right? So right. she she deals the first hand and I lose, and she deals the second hand and I lose. Third hand, same thing. After the third hand, she says, "Honey, do you mind if I play your hand for you?" And I said, no, no, that's fine. And she goes, yeah, because you really suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> that's a true story, Mr. Cobb. You're the worst. <clears throat> no, you guys. Y'all, y'all making me laugh too much. I'm choking over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, don't choke. Don't choke. We need to get a lot of information out of you today. You got a lot of wisdom that we need. Yeah. <laughs> but she did. She said, you really suck at this. <laughs> so like, and that was the dealer that said that? It was the dealer, yeah. And she played my hand from then on, and I still lost, so she wasn't much better, I guess. Right, and she probably still not working there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. They and, like and losers true. at the tables. One of the things that... But, 
a lot of times, a lot of a lot of times, it has to do with your mindset, how your mind is set going into the into the casino. That's the way I look at it, you know. And then it's the type of person that you are outside the casino. And even though you might be a great person outside the casino, and then you go into the casino and lose that time, if you don't go back, you never know if you're actually ever going to win. And I didn't have a loss probably maybe a three-month drought to where I'm just losing every day. But then when I actually go in there and I start winning, it it, it, it makes something it makes something a whole lot different because my winnings turn into uh, $100,000 trips. Ooh. You know, I beat and won $100,000 in jackpots on a trip. So to me, it, it, that losing thing, it can be something. But, you know, my book talks a lot about how you can handle yourself or how I handle myself losing. When I'm in the middle of losing, I just stop and just give away the rest of the money to people. I'm going to lose it anyway. So yeah. that's generally <laughs> good karma for my next trip. I like I'm that. I like that a lot, as a matter of fact. Um, there, are, there are many, many things that come up. Our, our special guest today, Ernest Cobb, the slot guru. Casino Myths is, is the name of the book. And one of the things that, you, that I want to no. ask you, what? The name of the book is The Secrets to Hitting More Jackpots. Secrets to Hitting More Jackpots, yeah. Sorry. But Casino Myths is what the, the, it's the subject. Correct? I was right anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. But no, our slot. Even though I was wrong. See, Ernest, how would you like to live in this family? This is what I get every day from my, this is all my family and this is how they treat me. What, facts? That's pretty cool. It is actually very. <laughs> Being honest with I think you? the great part about it is that they all woke up. You know, when you wake up with your family and they get a chance to rag on you and stuff that's one thing but when somebody don't wake up then it turns not so good well you're right i, I would love it you know it's just, with a lot living family that's awesome you, you there's no question about that uh you talk about uh our slot machines and other games of chance are they rigged now a lot of times people have asked me and i just got to let them know it's no way because slot machines don't have eyeballs you know and i even touched on this a little bit in my book that you know, because a lot of people that came to me and, well, they don't never let nobody black hit slots because I'm black. Really? And, you know, they they come and they say this. I done heard it on the game room floor and I'm letting, they don't know who I am. This was, you know, probably a few years back. But nevertheless, to make a long story short, you know, and I touched off on this in the book, probably about a half of a paragraph, but we have a black president now. Mm-hmm. And there's no way we would, we would have a black president if it wasn't for white votes. To me, being a black man, that's letting me know that the racial uh, situation is not where it once was or he wouldn't be president because it sure wasn't just because of just all black votes. Are you kidding me? So I let people know, no, the slot machines are not rigged. It's not, you know, it's not a time for you to play the race card and say I'm not winning because I'm black. No, you can't say that, unfortunately, because I didn't won and I'm black. So I'm saying to people, just take accountability. You know, if you lose, it's gambling. If you win, give some to a stranger, and that'll blow their mind. Yes. Ernest, when you, you should move to Minnesota. We need more people <laughs> like you in Minnesota. <laughs> we really do. Y'all had Jesse the Body Ventura as the governor, right? <laughs> well, he was. Well, he was the governor. long gone. So, yeah, you're right, though. If you moved here, it would balance that out because he's a total dope. <laughs> Wow, I didn't know that. I thought he was pretty cool. He he got a uh, okay. I'm not gonna give him too much airtime, but okay. <laughs> I guess that's why he's still not an officer, right? Yeah, well, through his part. But uh, 
where did you must have grown up in a pretty pretty good family with some good people around you because you have a tremendous attitude. Uh, you're a very giving person. You're a lot of fun to talk to. Who who were the people that that brought you up? See that that would be you know that would be a, a, a funny story in itself because my grandma she died when I was eight, but then I mainly was with my mother. I was in a single parent home, mm-hmm. but then my mom worked a lot. So really, again, I got to go back. Who brought me up was the streets. The streets actually brought me up. The streets was the ones that told me, no, you don't need to be selling drugs. You know, these were guys that were selling drugs. They told me, no, you wouldn't, you're not dope dealer material. And at the time, I didn't take offense to it, but I'm scratching my head wondering, what is dope dealer material? But now that I'm 43, I'm really amazed because they seen the covenant protection I had with God even before I knew I had it. They knew that I didn't want to sell nobody nothing just to get a car. They knew that I didn't want to rob nobody. Are you kidding me? Rob them. They earned that. Right. And they knew me. You know, my friends, they knew me. They was like, well, man, I understand, but this is where we, you know, the fork in the road is at. You going ready to go in your straight and narrow and do what you can, and we about to just go be thugged out. Well, thugged out didn't work too well for them, but when it's all said and done, it showed me a lot. Ernest, they have to get you. The city of Detroit has to hire you to be their spokesperson and do TV commercials. <laughs> I mean, I, I really am Detroit. You know, they got you a commercial are. called I Am Detroit, and I really am that. You know, but a lot of times, you know, with, with things going on, and I've been right there. Right now I got a 100000 I'm not bragging, but I got my first BMW. It's a $100,000 car, and I got it all wrapped. And it say the slot goo around it all over. And most people would be like, wow, what did this guy just do to this $100,000 car? And I'm saying, yeah, I'm letting you know exactly how I got this car. It's mine. So you don't have to see me in the, in the, you know, in the passenger, I mean, in the driver's wheel and say, wow, this guy here, he must be the, the big time dope dealer. Cause you know, we got to understand how we look to other people though. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that really, I can't go out with my pants sagging down. I wouldn't want another grown man to see what color my underwear are. <laughs> You know, so when it's all said and done, I think doing it the right way and doing it God's way is the only way. No, Ernest, do you mind taking a call? I'm not, I don't want to hold you. for. I I would love you to stay as long as you possibly can, but I don't want to hold you. But do you mind taking a, a, a call from a listener? Of course not. All right, Mr. Cobb. Who do we have, Andy? We have Craig. <clears throat> Craig, Ernest Cobb, Ernest Cobb, Craig. Hey, Craig. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well, my friend. Hey, I got like a really technical question. So... Say you go to the casino and you take twenty dollars. First of all, what machine would you play? Would you play a quarter machine, a penny machine, or would you go to a dollar machine? And my second question is: Is there any sort of like real truth to going from say like you're on a slot machine right now and you start playing the minimum and building up to the max bet? Does that increase your odds of getting the jackpot, or should you just go max bet right away? Good question. Well, in my opinion, this is all coming from me. <clears throat> First, if you coming in with a bankroll of twenty bucks, I'm going to go to the machines that's going to give me the longest play, which is going to be pennies to, to on a max bet. But then you can go to some 
quarter machines, that's three real. And if you max bet, that's only 75 cents. On some penny machines, some, this is varies, of course. On a max bet, it's a dollar fifty or two dollars. But that bonus game inside of that penny machine is amazing. You can get into that bonus game on a max bet, and you can be really win some life changing money, especially if you're coming in with a bankroll of twenty dollars. Now, as far as in choosing, uh, what was the other question? If you go from a, like a minimum bet, say like a one x. And right. you say like you play and you keep you keep like on every other bet you go from two x three x to five x. Does that like help you out or should you just go straight to the max bet? That's it. That's it. You just said it. And in my book, I talk about that. All I do is max bet because I was just and I still play the pennies nickels on my way up to high stakes. And I seen an elderly lady that just you know probably a month or two ago. She was playing on the pennies. It was a multi-denominational machine. She was playing on the pennies. The max bet was twenty and five, and she, which is twenty lines, and you can bet up to five per line. On on my on on the um, on the machine that I was on, I was playing quarters because, of course, it was multi-denominational. You can go up to a quarter. To make a long story short, she was only betting twenty and one, which was twenty cents, and she landed on the top jackpot. Oh, it was five lines. It was these horses. They dropped in the middle. It was three horses. You can get up to three in the middle, and then you got two, one line on each edge. Well, she got all three of the horses in the middle, and she got a lion head on one side and another lion head, which was the top jackpot. Well, just to give you a scenario, she won 200 and something bucks on a 20-cent bet. Now, had that been me, if that same winning combination would have got on my machine, that would have been a fifty thousand dollar hit. Oh, Ooh, wow! That would have been good. Jeez, beautiful. Right, hey. and, but she was so happy, and I was happy that she was playing because she was eighty or ninety years old. Whenever I see elderly out there that's trying to win, that let me know that they have the competitive spirit, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, a good yeah. point, Craig. Any other questions? Hey. No, no, no. I'm just like I'm just happy that sometimes when I play the slot machine, I earn enough money to go to the buffet. So you know, that's, that's how I do it. Hey, thanks a lot for your time. Hey, thanks a lot for your question. Yeah, Craig. Have a good day. You too, Craig. Bye. Thank you very much for calling in. Yeah, I think that was a very, very good question because I think a lot of people are confused, uh, and they need to get your book, The Secrets of Hitting More Jackpots, to, to figure out how to do this, uh, you know, how you bet it. I think most people don't really know what they're doing uh, when they sit down at a, at a slot machine. Right. This is it's way more than just hitting a button. It's way more. If they think it's, if they think it's just hitting a button, it's, it's far more than just hitting a button. Now, Mr. Cobb, do, do, do any casinos ever come to you and, and say, yeah, well, you've won enough on our slot machines. It's time for you to go. Say that again? Do, do any casinos, they say like card counters, they don't like them coming into their casinos. Is there anything like that on slot machines where you win so much money, they finally go, well, maybe it's time for you to go? Never. Um, that's why I love the casinos here in the United States because there's no way each each slot machine has what you call a RNG. That's an acronym for random number generator, and that means that just that it's random. Whenever you hit a jackpot, that's where my karma and the way I treat people and the way I love people more than I love money. And of course, I want to hit like everybody else. But if I lose, then that's gambling. If I win, then I'm a give. There's no two ways about it. So. That being said, no, there's no way nobody can actually read uh, 
if if a slot was going to hit and stuff like that, no way, no how. And then the casinos are not. The most casinos, people don't understand. The casinos are gambling on us as well as we're gambling on them. What do I mean by that? If you go in there and you hit for $50,000, that's a gamble on the casino to, if you're coming back or not. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, re- that's really major. So to, to really know everything you need to know about the establishment that you're gaming at, and for us to be in the United States, they have a gaming board to make sure that they go around to each casino and, you know, make sure they, they slot machines are the way that they should be to where anybody can win at any given time. So now, Ernest, this is kind of off off topic a little bit, but I'm just kind of because of the the way you present yourself. You're a very honorable guy and a great guy to talk to, and you're very funny. Uh, do you like to spread yourself out to all the women, or are you married? <laughs> no, actually, that's that's the kind of the uh, the downside because I'm single and because I'm a bastard and been that way, you know, pretty much my whole life. Never shacked up, had uh, lady friends. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't call him a girlfriend because if I called him a girlfriend, it's almost like being married and we end up getting married. So I never <laughs> played with the game of calling people my girlfriends and they wasn't. But, you know, I, I do. I have had female friends because of the way the, the person that I am today talking to you now. I'll put it to you like this. In the BMW that I have, I've taken out very few ladies. But in my first car, which was a Hyundai, Back in '92, I took out a lot of ladies. Of, and I say that to say, you know, then I didn't know. I was only 21, 22 years old. Got my first car. I didn't know God the way I know God now. And because of the way I know God now, I would actually get myself in trouble trying to date or whatever. Because I know most of the women that's coming at me now is coming at me because they know that I don't want a lot of money. And because of me putting myself out there like that. It almost means like I got to be by myself even longer until I find someone that I feel as though is originally from the heart, you know, that really cares. So it's kind of a, 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 a twisted situation, but it's one that I love all the same because, you know, I don't have a lot of problems, a lot of situations and, and a lot of scenarios with the opposite sex, you know. But at the same time, yeah, it gets lonely. I come in the house all the time, open up the door. Honey, I'm home. And don't nobody ever say nothing. I mean, you know, because I, I know if somebody was to say something, I'm running back out because I know it wasn't somebody in there. <laughs> I, I, we just I'm need to get a dog named Honey. That's how I'm going to be when I actually get married. I'm going to be the one to open up the door and be like, Honey, I'm home. You know, and I'm in the kitchen or wherever she might be. I, I just threw the kitchen out there. I'm just she saying. That simple thing, dreams. You know, that. something that some people take for granted. Oh, man, that's what he's talking about. I didn't did that five times when I got married, all five times. No, I take that for granted. I mean, I don't take it for granted. I look at that like a blessing. There's a lot of small things that we have in our life, in our realm, like your family there. Each one of them is a blessing. And if one of them is not there, it just don't make life right, I think. No, I think you're absolutely right thought. about that. We're very, very close family. Catherine did have a good exactly. idea for you as far as honey, though. Yeah, just get you should get a dog. Name her Honey. And I had a couple of dogs, and the only reason I don't have, and I like Rottweilers, I do, but the, I can't, I don't have the time for them because now I'm on the road. Like I say, I'm, I'm up here doing a book signing at one of the top casinos in Michigan, Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's it's a it's a it's a four star uh, establishment. The reason it's not a five star because they don't have a landing pad, a landing strip or oh, yeah. plane. Oh. It's, it's very beautiful, and they sell my books here. And I'm on my way to going around to every casino in this country 
to get my book, to let it be known that the slot guru is here, and I want to show other gamers how my mindset is when I win and when I don't win. And I'm, I'm going to be doing some seminars. So you guys got to pray for me because I'm doing all this without a manager and, and I'm doing all my own distribution, which I've been selling a lot of books. But, you know, again, when I ask you, hey, you guys pray for me, I see it like it's a, oh, ha, ha. But really, I really mean that. That's, yeah. where, that's, that's yeah. power stuff to me. You know, it's power in prayer. Ernest, do you have uh, a group of fans who follow you around and they go in with you hoping some of that uh, lucky dust will fall on them or they watch what you're doing? Yeah, for sure. They do. They they don't follow me in because I never let them know when I'm coming to play because in my book it lets people know that I don't like to be watching when I play because somebody who's watching you that don't win, they throw off bad karma and make it to where I stop mm-hmm. winning. And I can sense it. And I can feel it. If I lose, I don't want to turn around and look at you and say, that's why I lost. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. <laughs> so that's why most of the time when I go to the casinos, I ride solo. Do you get into a zone where you just are you just totally focused? Exactly. Okay. Totally focused on the slots, but then I don't look at the machines as I'm playing. I'm looking around. I don't look at the screen because it's too much anxiety. I get a seven, I get another seven, and then the other seven is half cocked. Oh, <laughs> I, feel like I, I feel like I done got hit in the stomach by Mike Tyson or something. So, How many hours so will you spend? Right, huh? How many hours will you spend before you close it up? No, that depends on how the jackpots are coming. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends times when I did 36 to 48 hours straight on oh. my feet. Oh. And that's Ooh. the thing, I don't sit down. I play multiple slots at a time. So if I'm hitting good jackpots on that day, on that trip, then I don't stop until either my body stopped or the jackpot stopped, which, you know, is a beautiful thing. And that's what got me to be the slot guru because as I'm as I'm winning and hitting jackpots, I'm just going around the casino like a chicken with his head cut off, giving to people. It don't take long for you to walk in the casino and see who done lost their money. They just, just a look they have on their face. And when, for me to come up to them, and most of them are not black people. Most of them are anything but black people. And for them to see this black man come up to them, First, they're saying, dang, I wonder what he wants. And then when they see this guy in the suit gives them money, it blows their mind. I mean, literally, it, I done brung people into tears to where they done brung me into tears. Yeah. You know, that's how sensitive and that's how that's how much I love God. That's how much I love people. That's sweet. Ernest, when you coming to Minnesota, you got to come to Minnesota. Whenever y'all have a room for me and y'all going to... Be able to make sure I get from the airport okay. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> we can do that. I don't have no dogs to feed, so that's another thing. That's why I didn't get no more pets because I love dogs. But you got to give dogs time. If you don't give them time, they're gonna show you that they're a dog. Even though it's the nicest dog, well trained, nice and pretty, and everything. I, I had some very special animals, but when I was gone too long, they let me know that they were dogs. Eat up the house, chew up stuff and other stuff. You know, it let me know, wow, yeah, I bet y'all won't do it. So they can communicate. That's why I say God's gift is everything in life, whether it's a bird or a dog or people. They all can communicate. We communicate through English. Dogs and birds and stuff, I think, have some kind of other kind of telepathy to where they can communicate without talking. That's just my thought. I think it's true. No, that's a great thought, uh, Mr. Cobb. What I'm going to do is we we have uh, we have some advertisers, Treasure Island Casino, a couple other casinos. I got I got to talk to their PR department 
and get them to reach out to you uh, on your phone numbers. And they got to bring you in here so people can meet you and uh, yeah. you can sell some books and we go out and have a little go have a good time, have a little dinner or something. Oh, I love it. I mean, I love it, and I look at everything like it's a blessing because I know I'm on my way to doing something. I just don't know exactly what it is, but I'm gonna let people know my whole story every step of the way, where I come from, where I'm at. And, again, it's way more than just, I mean, it started with just playing slot machines, taking my mom to the casino. I never played, and then I started playing, and, you know, it all evolved to this. I have a following. I have millions of people that actually know who I am because I was on national TV on this show called uh, How the Lottery Changed My Life on TLC. Right. And people, they've been showing it for the past year and a half. And then I was on this other radio station which i'm not gonna name but i was it was pretty huge i sold 100 books the next day when i was on it and i was like wow that was pretty cool and then now you and when it's all said and done everything in my life everything in my world i give glory to the lord for everything See, that's a wonderful thing uh, you know it just you uh you live a great life and you give credit uh for to to other people, whether it's the street, your grandmother, your mother, the streets, uh, God, or whomever, you got a great attitude, Ernest. And I, you, you need to talk to a lot more people and straighten them out because a, a lot of people love to live their lives just hating everybody and everything. Exactly, and they don't live long. And then if they do live long, they they missing a lot of hair, or they just they they karma is just not there. They're not even used to smiling. And I'm talking about a lot of people that's in my own family. You know, people in my family wasn't the ones that showed me how to give. You know, it was the people that gave to me when I was younger that showed me how to give. When the lady had called me across the street, hey, I go over there. Could you go to the store for me? I used to love going to the store for people. That's how I made my 50 cents. Yeah. When I was a kid, and, of course, I was 8 or 9 years old. I was still happy with going to the store. You know, now, if I get married, the store is the last thing me and my wife is going to talk about. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> Absolutely. Ernest, you've been a great guest. you got to come back because what we'd like to do is get you to come to Minnesota and you come into the studio and do a, do a show and we'll, we'll give away some books and we'll sell some books. It'll be fantastic. I would love it. Whenever you're ready, you just send for me and I'm on that. I'm, I'm on. I have no, and that's the way God got my life set up. To where someday, one day, somebody is going to come to me. They're going to let me know that I'm needed. And I got to be ready to, you know, in the military terms, shoot, communicate, move on out. That's what I learned in the Army. And mm -hmm. in, in civilian terms, is just drop whatever you're doing and get the hell out of there. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> that's okay. No, that's fine. <laughs> so next time you're winning big, you call us. We promise we won't look at you. Uh -oh. that's, that's too easy. That'll be the next time I start a game. <laughs> so whenever you guys would like, you guys have my personal number, and I think you guys have my website address. I mean, my email number. I mean, my mm -hmm. email address. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, we do. If okay, I'm gonna and, I'm gonna reach out to the up. casinos. Oh, they gotta bring you. Just let me know when. We'll do that, Mr. Cobb. Thank you, you very much. Here I come. Just if you could, uh, I don't have a lot of requests, but I know things about Minnesota. Could you, uh, in the summertime, is that okay? <laughs> y'all uh -huh. get a lot of snow there. Yeah. So actually, I'm going to tell y'all a secret, and I ain't going to say nothing. I don't want y'all to tell nobody. It's just between me and you guys, like there ain't nobody else listening. But my birthday is in January. So when I was in the Army, the only time I actually celebrated my birthday when it was warm was when I was in places like California, Louisiana, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I favor the cold weather as opposed to the hot weather, just to let y'all know. So, I mean, no, I'm not just saying that I really love the cold weather. As long as I'm in a warm place, 
I love it because there's not as many people out in the streets. And that's just for me, again, being from Detroit. You know, back when I was coming up, when it get hot, it seemed like people was just coming out the woodwork. I mean, it seemed like termites or something. It was a, it was a mess. But anyway, in the cold weather, those people not out there. I'm like, dang, where everybody at? You know, everybody's going. And then I just be out there playing in the snow by myself. That's pretty cool. It is absolutely. It is absolutely. I will say it again, Ernest Cobb. There need to be more, a lot more people like you in the world. Oh, thanks. thanks thank you so much. And like I say, I'm ready to come to Minnesota whenever you are. And I heard of that casino, Treasure Island, too. I think they got one in Vegas. They do. Yeah. See? Indeed. So I done did a little research. I think every casino in this country need to have my book in it. They do. To give gamers a chance, you know. And that's what I'm, that's what, that's why I put the book together, to let people know, no, it's not luck. Not at all. Whether you win or whether you lose, neither one of them is luck. I don't believe in luck. You know, it's all about karma. It's all about the type of person you are outside the casino. Mm -hmm. What have you done for somebody lately? When did you stop your car in the middle of the freeway because somebody was stuck in the middle of of a lane and you actually got out? My crazy butt did that last year. I didn't have to. <laughs> but something told me to do that because it was a lady stuck in the middle of the, of, the, of, of this freeway and cars was flying past her and I seen the baby's head pop up and that was it. Once I seen the baby's head pop up in the back seat, I'm like, oh, no, I got to go out here and do something. So putting yourself on front line. To help somebody else, to me, I think is a blessing, and I think God blesses us for that. I think you're absolutely right, sir. Mr. Cobb, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for your time. The book, again, is called The Secrets to Hitting More Jackpots. Ernest Cobb, thank you, sir. Wow, you guys are amazing. Thanks a lot for having me. And when you said we'll talk soon, I got butterflies in my stomach because I believe you. Well, well yeah, I, we got to get you in studio. There's no question about it. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Bye. What a great guy. What a, what a character. Man. I love him. What a him. sweetie. He's really sweet. When you brought up the women's, that got the him women's. going. <laughs> Can't say girl.